All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbohol here solo. Uh, Matt Hawkins is on the road on his way to UFC Nashville. But I'm pleased to speak with David Schwartz, uh, Litecoin Foundation Project Director, and uh, John Kim, uh, Litecoin Evangelist. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, how are you doing? What's up, Ed? How are you doing, man? All right. So uh, I really wish uh, Matt was here. Only because uh, he has he probably has more questions as somebody that knew nothing about cryptocurrency, um, you know, obviously outside of what he read on Short about what you guys are doing, um, sponsoring with Glory Kickboxing and uh, uh, getting space on the mats at UFC pay per views. So I guess my biggest question is uh, how how did this all start? What made you guys uh, target combat sports? Um. Well, I'll let I'll let John start with um with how he was developing and is still developing relationships with some of the some of the fighters because I think um, even though that didn't necessarily tie in directly with the with the agreement for the spot on the mat, it had a lot to do with um, all that kind of coming full circle. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure that obviously um, that gets its full credit too. So maybe John wants to start with that part of it. Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of SureDog.com. I mean, uh, I was fighting back in 2009, oh. and um, I remember SureDog was was the website to go to for all the information. And and when I when I used to be broke and couldn't afford pay per views, I'd watch the round by round on SureDog, just keep refreshing and and um watching that uh, website. So SureDog is like OG of the um, MMA uh, websites, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I, I actually I'm still do that now for pay-per-views. Huh? <laughs> I said I still do that now because I'm still poor, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just very uh, – it's, it's kind of surreal to, to have an interview with the SureDog team. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an ex-MMA fighter, um, and – and I stay in contact with a lot of MMA fighters. Um, um, uh, Hater Hassan from ATT, and um, recently I got I got to meet with Ben Askren. Um, I was in the car with Ben Askren, uh, Daniel Cormier, and John Anik, and we all went to uh, a steakhouse where Dana White was there, and Tyrone Woodley, and everyone. And and the crazy thing is that Dana comes up to me and says. Um, Hey, can you tell your friend uh, Ben Askren that I, I do not not like him? And mm-hmm. Ben Askren was like right next to me, and I was like, Dana, he's right <laughs> there. Why don't you? So that's when I realized, oh, okay, they're just not talking, even though they're you know in the, <laughs> in the same station. So um, I think most of the legwork David Schwartz did with mm-hmm. the, with the project uh, manager of the Litecoin Foundation. But I think one important step was that Charlie Lee, our our creator, our managing director, wanted me to convince him why UFC. <laughs> and um, I told him it's because UFC is a global phenomenon. And um, they actually signed with ESPN. And in 2019, I knew that UFC was going to go places that it has never been before. And... Um, I made Charlie Lee watch a lot of fights 
And now he's like a huge fan of the UFC. He's the one that tells me what's going on. It's like, hey, did you know that you know UFC is gonna do only pay per view only on ESPN? Now I'm like, bro, like several months back, you didn't even know who what MMA was, and now you're all excited. So that's my little contribution to the uh, UFC. And then uh-huh. my man uh, David Schwartz, the project manager behind the scenes got all the paperwork and got all the discussions done and then mm-hmm. here we are so david uh like as far as your part in it obviously obviously the connection to fighting is uh is john um but like what he's saying how you got the paperwork and stuff together how did you uh how did you i mean because i know you got glories accepting litecoin as payments for stuff on their shop so i mean yeah. how, how do you how do you convince people in in that space to to start jumping into something as um I guess as scarce as cryptocurrency is. So uh, I'll, I'll go back to what John said about following SureDog for a long time. <laughs> I, I had no clue about any of this stuff prior to uh, probably Milwaukee when I met Ben uh, when, we, when we went there for, to watch the fights. Uh, I literally, that was my first, that was my first one. Oh, and wow. uh, I didn't know what SureDog was. And so... I remember when uh, the first article that had Litecoin and it came out and it mentioned SureDog, John already uh, put it up in the, in our Slack area and was like, he's <laughs> like, dude, you know, you've hit it big when SureDog is writing an article about you. So that was, that's when we knew that, okay, we started making some impressions there. So that was kind of a cool thing. So I'll be honest with you, I haven't been in this space a long time as far as like, uh, uh, fights or anything as a matter of fact when when john and i went to that milwaukee one mm-hmm. i mean he had to literally explain to me how a lot of that stuff was because i'm not a fighter i'm a lover man so it's more like uh, uh for me i had to i had to learn and understand and appreciate where these people were coming from as far as like why they do this for a profession how can they have any passion for this type of a thing how can you find the internal, you know, uh, fortitude to be able to even get into an octagon when you know you're going to get the snot beat out of you. And uh, after after sitting there and watching all the different fight cards in Milwaukee that night, and then seeing, uh, uh, I, I think it was Al Ayakinta who ended up um, upsetting. Um, yeah. I think it was what was his name? Um, Kevin Lee. Yeah, Kevin Lee. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this stuff is crazy because the amount of strategy that went into it and and understanding the different moves and the leverage and all the other things that go on, um, there was a deep respect for those guys after that. And it, and it seemed like after every single fight, you know, they're congratulating each other. Um, you know, one guy was kneeling in front of the other guy because he had a deep respect for him for being in the space for a long time as a fighter, mm-hmm. even though he had just beat him. And I think those kinds of things kind of rung true in me. And so it gave me a, a more human perspective to it than than just the business side of it. So um, sure dog, I know, has a has a big role in that. And so I appreciate and respect that part too. Um, but as far as like, uh, yeah, no problem. If, as far as the deals go. Um, so Ilya Gashi, he's our community manager and he mm-hmm. works for a parent company. He works for the parent company of the UFC um, over in London. And so uh, he pretty much brought the opportunity for a deal to us because there was sort of like a, Sort of like a last-minute opening on the mat there for 232. Mm. And uh, actually, John was visiting me here. It was uh, the Monday morning he was flying out, so we had just had the Milwaukee fights. And then he was leaving that morning, and so we're sitting out in my in my dining area at about 5, 
in the morning and Alir was writing to us saying, Hey, there's this chance to do something. You guys want to do anything about it. So then him and I started writing and then I dropped John off at the airport and I went over to the local, um, Starbucks and I just started going back and forth with the UFC, um, global partnership guy and Matt Kearsley. And we just, um, kept going back and forth until we got to the point where we had most of the deal ironed out by the time I was going to work at like eight 30. And then by the time lunch came around, we had almost all of it already lined up to do the deal for uh two 32 to have ourselves on the mat. So it went very, very quickly. And mm. the UFC was, a uh, uh, very, anxious to get us on there. Uh, they had done their due diligence though on Litecoin and on, uh, Charlie to make sure that, you know, it was legitimate yeah. and it didn't take them long to figure out that, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, different characters in the space and sometimes there's some shady people or companies, but when you find mm -hmm. one that's legitimate and it's respected and it's, you know, been at the top for a very long time, those are the ones that you, you know, want to align yourself with. And that's, that's what they saw in Litecoin. And so it was, uh, it was a very mutual, respectful beginning to what we're hoping to be a, you know, a nice long uh, relationship with them. So once that, once that finished with 232, our, our emails were just blowing up. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy there for a while. I mean, I couldn't even manage the amount of emails that were coming in for, now granted, most of them are people that were saying, Hey, in a very nice, polite way, we want your money, you know. <laughs> but you're talking about companies and sporting brands and sports teams that are known globally. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was there was the understanding that uh, the cryptocurrency's time is coming, and it's such a hot new market, and it's in the technology field, and you know, it's a thing that you know, if you if you're into crypto, you really into crypto you can't be halfway into it mm -hmm. and so they understand that these people who are in that space are really um devoted to it and so if you're able to if you're able to penetrate that space in a smart way um it can really be beneficial for your company and so it was very easy for us to then start fielding these different um teams and brands and companies that were coming to us um but it became very evident very early that we had to make sure that they understood that from this point on, it's not just, hey, we're going to pay to have some attention brought our way through your brand. There's going to have to be some give and take and, and you're going to have to start implementing, you know, Litecoin as a as a means of of exchange on your on your sport. So um, I would say the goal for us after that point was anything that's global, anything that's not an individual. And anything that resonates um, with people in a way that they can connect <clears throat> Litecoin to what they really love is something that we can go after. And so it became very easy uh, once Glory came to us to uh, iron out a deal with them. <laughs> their team, their team was great too. I mean, UFC mm -hmm. was awesome, but John Martone and the people over at Glory Kickboxing were just as as incredible and patient with us as anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, so. Obviously, the um, I know you just said Gloria uh, was they, they went a little bit extra by accepting accepting Litecoin and uh, their shop. Is there any uh, was there any talk like that with the UFC or or are they still kind of like just playing it safe and and, and having the space just to add space? So I think with uh, the UFC, you're talking about a, a brand that's much more well known mm -hmm. than Glory. So Glory is still up and coming, and it's a different type of a 
um, uh, combat sport, so it's stand up, right? It's it doesn't have the same type of. Uh, uh, I'll be honest with you that the UFC seems to have a little bit of an issue in getting into some countries just because of the type of combat sport it is. Whereas Glory, there's probably an additional thirty or forty countries that you can yeah. penetrate through them than you can with the UFC. Hmm. So the strategy with them was a lot different than it is with the UFC. With the UFC, um, you really have to make sure that you're um, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's in a way that uh, uh, is going to end up working for them as well. Because, I mean, in reality, when you're an up-and-coming brand versus a brand that's now established, um, you look at things differently. And so the UFC can sit back and go, well, we have the Modellas, we have you know, Monster, we have all these yeah. other companies where you know i mean granted kick uh, glory has some of those but at the same time uh, they're still trying to establish themselves and mm -hmm. so there's a little more wiggle room there for us yeah. than there with the ufc so talks are still ongoing with the ufc it's not like they're not mm -hmm. uh, but it takes a little bit more to get through those than it does with uh with one that's maybe a little bit younger okay so uh john uh, let me ask you obviously because you mentioned uh, riding around with ben Askren, and uh Askren has actually uh, uh he posts these little uh uh well he did that one video where he talked about how litecoin works about with the faster uh processing and and you know minimal fees and stuff like that so are there any other fighters that you have uh, like as far as like on your on the litecoin uh team roster for like uh like that's on board that that like say somebody um uh, I'm sure you guys I don't know if you've read all the stuff I wrote about crypto and MMA and stuff that cuz uh there's fighters in other promotions that are using other forms of crypto as sponsorship and things like that. And some have even talked about taking it as payment over, you know, just uh, regular money uh, or fiat currency. So is there anybody else that you've spoken to uh, as far as since you're the connection to the fighters that, that, is, that has shown interest in that? Well, um, I visited uh, Kat Zingano mm -hmm. and uh, we sent her some Litecoin, but um I'm also sending her little clips in here because um, the people that we want representing Litecoin, we want them to actually like crypto. Mm -hmm. We want them to actually believe in crypto. We want them to be a little bit educated about crypto. So Cat uh, uh, and I had lunch and um, I got to talk to her for about two hours about Litecoin. And um, the community came together and we sent her some tip, which uh, at that time... Um, I think it was 30 something dollars. And then every, like every once in a while, I'll text her and, and, and put a smiley face. And she's mm -hmm. like, what are you, what are you laughing? And I'm like, Ch check your loaf wallet. So basically everything just doubled. Mm -hmm. So she's like, now you got me interested. So, <laughs> um, and also Cyborg as well. I, I visited Cyborg at her gym mm -hmm. and, um, Cyborg, I must say is one of the, the purest people I've ever met. Like she really is all about helping people. You know, you would never think with the yeah. name like Cyborg, right? So when when I went to go see her, I, I was kind of nervous, but uh, she's the one that made made everything so like beautiful, you know. And then um, we sent her Litecoin, and um, we want to work with her in the future. But at the same time, um, I want to take time to educate her as well. But Ben Askren is is a different story. The guy knows his stuff. He has his Litecoin and his Trezor and his safe. I mean, he knows. Yeah. exactly what he's doing and um and you know i think there's other people hater hassan he's a huge supporter of litecoin one thing he said about litecoin was hey i have a different relationship with litecoin i said what do you mean he said 
every Litecoin that I have, I got punched in the face for. So I have a different relationship with my Litecoin than the regular people, which blew me away, right? So, um, but there's other people, uh, I think, um, you know, that we're trying to bring on board, but mm-hmm. we don't want it to be uh, someone who's representing Litecoin because they were paid to, mm-hmm. right? The whole Ben Askren thing didn't happen with money. It happened with friendship. It happened with like us really seeing the world, having a same worldview. So um, we like organic stuff, right? And um, I know other fighters get paid in Dash or, or BSV or whatever, but let me ask you something. Who got into UFC first? UFC, <laughs> they're not stupid. They're not going to mess with coins that aren't, that doesn't have a very good history, but they know Litecoin, just like UFC in the beginning stages, yeah. We are going to blow up so big, just like, remember when people, back when I was fighting and earlier than that, people were selling tickets out of their car. Whenever you're fighting at a local show, they give you a ticket and you go around and selling the tickets, you know, and uh, UFC was almost banned and it was supposed to, you know, human cockfighting. It went against the government. It went mm-hmm. against the Goliath and it came out as a winner and now it's worth $5 billion. Well, our story with Litecoin is just like the UFC. We are going up against Goliath, and we're going to come out at the end as with Bitcoin as uh, one of the world currencies, and that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean that's interesting that you say that because uh, um, so I know I know uh, uh, David, you just said like you you you're either all in on on crypto or you, you can't be. You can't be half-assed about it. I feel like I'm yeah. a half-assed person, though, only because <laughs> only because I'll tell you how I how I got into it and why the, why the news interested me and why I started writing about it on SureDog. Before you say that, though, I'm gonna tell you, Ed, we're gonna drag your ass the rest of the way over, okay? So you don't have to worry <laughs> about it. We're gonna get you there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let me just because a lot of people come from come in the way that I came in out, and I came in like everybody else was in in the fall of 2017. When uh, when Bitcoin was like at ten thousand and stuff like that, so I, it was actually my training partners. Funny how martial arts is still, uh, you know, got me into crypto. But what, some of my own training partners uh, were talking about it after training, and I just said, "Guys, I have no idea what you're talking about." So of course they're like, "Oh, well, here then, you know, they give me their their Coinbase referral thing. I sign up and I just grab whatever." But like an idiot, I bought when everything was t- was topped out. So then it, everything, uh, you know, went down or whatever. But, you know, I still it interested me and I kept watching it. And, and even though I don't, uh, you know, I started learning about the different, you know, the comparisons of gold and silver, how it's how Litecoin's is silver and Bitcoin's yeah. gold and things like that. So um, it, al- it always kept me interested. So when I started seeing it come into uh, combat sports at the, at the top promotions with 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 uh, with um, uh, like Bellator's doing their thing. And then you guys with with especially the uh, the UFC 232 thing was big, which is why it caught my eye. Um, and then obviously Ben Askren giving that whole little uh, two minute lesson on Twitter about uh, the transaction fees and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's hard not to stay interested in it. So yeah. um, I mean, did you have that happen when you were when you were uh, pitching this in the beginning? Did it, was anyone blank or not not educated at all? Oh, you mean like pitching it to companies or yeah, 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 or just to people in general? Uh, not well, p- pitch pitching it to companies like like when you first uh, obviously 
you had John helping you with the, with the combat sports connections, and there's yeah. a, a, the fighters involved. But like, as far as like executive, did somebody say, "Wait a minute, isn't that that isn't that that internet money or something like that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. We've uh, we've had people talk to about talk to us about either you know how it's used for you know pedophiles and for human trafficking and for purchasing drugs and and whatever else. And usually, um, so over the last I'd say year and a half, John and I have been in enough conversations either together or on our own to where it's very easy to then come back with not in a negative way, but just in a conversational way, let them know, look, you know, honestly, the U S dollar gets used more for human trafficking and for prostitution and things uh, percentage wise than Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies all put together do. So um, not only that, but if you ever wanted to try and utilize it in a way to um, like, with Bitcoin and Litecoin and a few others, you can tell when some of those currency cryptocurrencies have been used for that type of a thing. And then they become um, kind of like earmarked in a way. Right. And mm -hmm. so it ends up causing issues later on for, for other people who end up getting those coins. So there's a, so if you're talking about less than 10% being used within the cryptocurrency world for those types of things yet, uh, you know, when you're talking about dollars that can be stuffed in somebody's wallet, nobody gets to track them anymore. Right. Um, how, how, do, how does that compare? Or if you have a dollar that can be recreated over and over and over again, just based off of a promise from somebody, how does that match up with something that's done computationally through math? And there can only you can never you can never reproduce them. Mm -hmm. It's completely void of, of a human uh, manipulation. Which would you rather have? You know, yeah. and so normally we end up having these conversations. At least I do anyway, where it's uh, threefold. I can either talk to you about the technical aspect, I can talk to you about the financial aspect, or I can talk to you about the personal aspect. And you tell me which one resonates with you, and then that's the one what we'll talk about. And then usually they always end up wanting to know about the other two. But you always want to engage them in a way that's a more um, whatever's going to trigger them personally, right? So something's always important to somebody. And so for people like Ben Askren, he's a, more of a libertarian. For him, it's about freedom. It's uh, about somebody not controlling every aspect of his life. For someone who maybe lives more in the financial world, used to be a banker or whatever, I'm going to talk to you more about the financial aspect of it. If it's somebody who's a developer or somebody who's into computers, maybe I start with the, you know, the developmental or the technological, technological aspect of it. And then they all sort of mesh together after that. So they can come with whatever they want, but honestly, when you're talking about a truth protocol, you got to give them truth when you're talking to them, and that's the way that John and I usually do that. And there's also this lobbying thing, right? The propagandas. Mm -hmm. You know, when Uber first came around, the taxi industry went nuts, right? And yeah. they started posting videos about how Uber drivers were raping and beating up their clients, right? So what what that does is they get paid to to put out these bad you know, things that tear down that company, right? Do you remember UFC whenever people said that it was human cockfighting? Yeah. That this had no purpose but to, but for promoters make money by using humans as human cocks, right? But if you've done jujitsu, if you've done the Muay Thai, you know that this is an art form, right? And, and what UFC did was over time, it proved what they were trying to do, they were probably boxing lobbyists or, or whoever they were, right? Yeah. And UFC stood firm in the fact that it is a legitimate sport. And it's probably the hardest sport because you have to learn five different, you know, uh, martial art craft, right? So um, I think 
that the whole thing about Bitcoin and the dark web and all that, I mean, I see it exactly like that. It's just a lobby. It's just a propaganda from the people that are scared, which are the banks who Wells Fargo got fined $400 million for making fake accounts. And they got a slap on the wrist. And you know what they do? It's all a numbers game. If, if I can make $800 million mm-hmm. out of doing something unethical and the fine's only going to be $400 million, I'm still up $400 million and I'm going to continue to play that game. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what, what cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Litecoin does, it shines the light into the darkness and not only brings truth back to money, but it actually exposes the people who are actually like in the dark with a private ledger and, and, and have so much power as a centralized organization to edit, remove, censor. And we're trying to remove that power away from a human central organization and Bitcoin and Litecoin, the truth protocol, solves that problem and they're scared. That's why they're going to say that we're all about dark web and, and, and buying illegal stuff with it. So you, you, I don't know if you ever learned this in history class or anything, but way back, like you're talking anywhere from probably, you know, 1,080 and then going further back, many times everything was kept on a ledger. So like if you go back and you look in and um, uh, when the Egyptians were at their, their peak and others, mm-hmm. you go back and you look at all these different you know, papyrus and anything else that they've written on where they logged all these things. Everything was left, uh, kept on a ledger, right? Yeah. It's, um, and I read somebody actually mentioned this kind of um, in some sort of a way the other day. I can't remember where I read it, but they said that the, um, that the, the blockchain now, when you're talking about Bitcoin and Litecoin and some of these others, are technically just like those ledgers from way back then because they would count everything that was done and they would put it on these ledgers. And then that was the um, record of everything that happened. Right. And so you couldn't go back and say that didn't happen because they literally recorded everything that would occur either, whether it was in the, you know, in the King's palace or whatever, everything was written down on a ledger. And it's the same thing, except it's done mathematically and it's done on computers and it can't be altered. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you're looking at the electronic form of, of what used to be done thousands of years ago. It's just coming back now after uh, we're realizing that the that the formats that we're using now for currencies, they just don't work. You know, they can work for a while, but you can't keep it up, especially once they abandoned um, the gold standard in 71. I mean, that just threw everything into a mess. So really, that was the catalyst for what's happening now today. But, but, so, but let me tell you the simplest way. That I tell people, uh-huh. this is all it takes because it's going to take months to really learn about the blockchain and the distributed ledger system. I just show my Coinbase and then I sell my Litecoin and I show them that it converts into USD and it goes into my bank account. Like the, last week, I had to sell some Litecoin to pay my bills. So what I'm saying is I don't care what you say, what anybody says, Litecoin and Bitcoin is money. Because you can press a button on Coinbase, <laughs> it converts into USD, and it goes into your bank account, and you can spend it. So if I show that portion to anyone that I meet, they realize, oh, okay, this is really money. This really has value. 
I can actually sell this and buy something from my bank account. So that's step number one, because unless you prove to them that it's real money, they don't have time to listen to you. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, again, like a, a lot of people that know nothing about it, uh, you know, usually need to hear that explanation. So hopefully when, when Mac uh, gets to the UFC Nashville event, he listens to this episode because I know he had questions that 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 was pretty much the answer to when I mentioned uh, that you guys were coming on. Um, so do you who think like hey, who is Matt? Uh, Matt, Matt's Mike. He normally does this podcast. He co-hosts with me. So who, who's uh, the one that writes on Sure Dog? That's me. <laughs> that's you. I yeah. like. You. <laughs> <laughs> I never really listened to the podcast, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah that's, the, that's the man. That was it. <laughs> You're the man in my eyes because I read your stuff. <laughs> but uh, love you, man. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, so uh, talking about the fight game, though, John. I mean, what what uh, what was your record? Uh, what's your overall record from fighting? Well, I only fought twice. Uh -huh. I, I was one and one. one I and fought one. in Arkansas. Yeah, I was I was with Team Thunder. Um, I used to. Have you heard of Bubba McDaniel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's the first guy that ever got me uh, training in MMA. Oh, okay. When he was fighting in like like King of the Cage, and I was like, he was my he was my bouncer at my club actually, and okay. uh, I was helping him out. And then he was you know fighting heavyweights because he couldn't fight like he's his the the fights that he was involved in they didn't show up, so he he fight a heavyweight and get his butt kicked, come back down, we train and stuff like that. So. It was an awesome experience, um, but um, for me, my goal was to get inside the cage, mm. and I achieved that goal, and I'm a businessman, so I had to move on because, you know, fighting is it, it, for certain people, Yeah, you know, and they don't have nothing else to do. <laughs> that's the only thing they know, and that's way they way they make money to feed their family, but for me, I was a businessman, so I just took two, three years out of my life. And just dedicated it to to become a cage fighter, and then it was a really good experience for me. So, what would you say to like uh, years down the road? Obviously, like looking ahead for for Litecoin, uh, would you see like a, a, as far as uh, having it written into contracts for fighters in organizations as a form of payment? Um, that's something I always speculate on when I when I started writing about crypto and combat sports, especially when I heard. Um, certain camps and certain fighters saying that they'll take it over over regular pay regular pay traditional get your ears open you may hear something from ben Askren. <laughs> you may you may even hear ben tell dana white that he wants to get paid in litecoin you never know <laughs> those will, things I have will, been discussed <laughs> i will also add that uh, that is a goal of mine um is to get it uh, on the ufc as a form of payment mm -hmm. Whether that happens through the foundation or otherwise, that's a goal of mine. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that would probably, if if everyone jumps on board and likes it as much as you guys do and, and sees all the benefits that, that you guys uh, are, are standing behind and, and talking about, I think that might, that probably, because you, you've, I'm sure you've all heard uh, about the, the arguments about fighter pay and all the, all the things that have gone on in the sport for as long as it's been around. I mean, if that's a solution, I've actually closed a couple of my articles with that. If that's a solution to 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 getting fighters, you know, happy financially and 
the fans get to see the fights they want to see, then uh, obviously I'd be all for that too. Well, even if it's just a portion, right? Even if it's just a portion of it, yeah, right? It doesn't have to be something, right? What was that? Do you see this line? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You see that line, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what happens in between those lines, whether it goes up, down, crazy, okay? But if you look at 2009 when Bitcoin was released to the world, and now the trajectory is this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you bought. If you hold it like an investment, you're going to win. It has outperformed S&P 500 and every asset class in the world. Bitcoin has. And these are the information no one wants you to hear. No one wants you to know. But if you're a fighter, you probably lost a lot of brain cells, right, from getting hit, right? <laughs> and you, you're probably not going to have the best advisors financially around you. Because if you know boxers, they all became broke at the end of their career. So what I'm saying is, why would you not bet on this? <laughs> something yeah. that a human being cannot control. Why would you invest in something that you have no idea about that a central organization can manipulate and take, take from you? So that's my uh, last word for the fighters, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you were saying something, uh, David? I'm sorry. Was I? You, you, were saying, you were saying something, David, before he, he, he uh, made the point about, about uh, what we can hold for, as far as uh, investing in, or oh, looking at Litecoin for the fighter payment. Tension of um, uh, trying. Yeah. So I, I percentage. Honestly, John and I, yeah, John and I are at the same, we're on the same level. Even if it was just like they took 20% of their pay mm-hmm. in Litecoin or Bitcoin, it has the same effect for what John is saying. I mean, when you have a deflationary currency, it has no place to go but up over yeah. time, right? So, I mean, think about Litecoin. It's gone up 180% in a bear market over the last month, two months, right? So how do you, you will never in your lifetime if you were to invest that same amount of money in a savings account or even stocks or bonds or anything, you will never get that return over a lifetime. So if, you, if you're able to do that over uh, when you're looking at the trajectory over time of, of when uh, Bitcoin or Litecoin was created and you see how that, how that goes, yeah, it gyrates in between there, right? Mm-hmm. But the overall trajectory of it is phenomenal and it's not going to go down because there is no inflationary aspect to it it is deflationary so um just take for example this year in litecoin we have what's called a halving so the miners that uh that mine the litecoin every four years the reward that they get from mining a block gets cut in half and um and then that means that half as many are getting put out into the world every every day right mm-hmm. So um, in August, that's going to get cut from 25 to 12 and a half uh, Litecoin per reward. And so the inflation rate right now for Litecoin is at about 9%. And so by the time August hits and it gets cut in half, that means the inflation gets cut down to four and a half. And then another four years is down to two point something percent. And it goes down and down until it's at zero because then there will be no more Litecoin that created are created. So if you're spending, let's say, uh, $100 now is probably about 1.7 Litecoin at today's current rate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so $100 in 10 years, you're not, you're not spending 1.7 Litecoin. You could be spending 0.0017 Litecoin for the same $100 because mm-hmm. the dollar is, has been inflating that entire time. 
and Litecoin has been deflating that entire time. And so more and more people are using what's only left over from the Litecoin. So instead of using full Litecoins, now they're using a half a Litecoin for the same thing. And then it's a quarter of a Litecoin and then it's an eighth of a Litecoin. Mm -hmm. So your value for that Litecoin goes up exponentially just from um, the, you know, the deflationary aspect of the coin itself. You'll never get that from a fiat currency because they're just created, even as the European, uh, uh, the European banks, this, the European Central Bank even said itself, we create money as we see fit. Uh, John, okay, he's coming back on, but they, they create it as they see fit. So where's the control aspect there? Mm-hmm. All right. So why wouldn't you want to get some of your pay on on something that's going to constantly appreciate over time? I mean, just ask Kat, right? She basically got double double their investment. And I used to, I, you know, I used to do stock for like two, three years. 10, 15 percent a year is a good return. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about a hundred percent return right now on Cat. Yeah. Every month, so I'm not saying it's going to keep going up, but I'm saying this is what I told Cat: hold it, don't worry about it, just hold it for your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to see. And I showed her that line. It doesn't matter what people say; those are all noise. But has it, has it beat every asset class ever? Like S and P 500, whatever you want to you want to see, Bitcoin has beat all those asset classes. So hold it. And I always mm-hmm. say this is not for you only. It's for your kid and your kid's kid, because this That's... this the monetary system that we have is corrupted and is manipulated. And back in 2008, there wasn't an option. That's why we had to bail out all the banks, right? Yeah. Now we do. And we are not going to bail out any more banks because we have an option, and it's called Bitcoin and Litecoin. Cool. So, um, that, that I mean, that's really a lot to absorb. So, I mean, pretty much what what uh, I guess I guess what I'm looking at here is this, uh, based on what you've told me. So, for 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 really folks to jump on, and I guess it has to go with the awareness that you're creating with the con- with 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 the glory and and the stuff you're doing with the UFC. It seems like every time the 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 Litecoin logo makes an appearance or someone talks about it and they get some and they actually see it. Um, it's everybody needs to see proof of something, even if it's, if it's small proof before they jump on board a hundred percent. So I think, uh, one of the first reactionary pieces, I don't know who writes that the blog on the Litecoin foundation, David, but, uh, one of the things that you guys said was like the, the amount of awareness you guys got after that UFC 232, um, is it still, uh, and then obviously the glory thing happened right after. And then I saw you guys did something with, uh, was it with esports or K-pop or something like that? So we have, uh, John's, uh, coordinating, um, uh, a K-pop concert that's coming up April 6th in mm-hmm. Fairfax, Virginia. All right. And we're going to hopefully make a series out of those. And then, uh, we were at the mammoth film festival out in California. Um, so of course we dipped into the, um, into the celebrity world and the, and the industry of, of movies. So that's another place that, uh, you can grab a lot of attention from wow. and that's not the end of it. Um, some of the other things that you mentioned, we'd like to try and get into those as well. So, um, we're trying to hit every aspect of, of a, of a regular person's life, um, to really, to, and we're trying to partner you know, with the global people as well. Right, David, like anyone that has to do with the global you know, global presence. We want mm-hmm. to 
you know, be a partner with <laughs> because we know, like, we, we don't want to just be in America, right? We want Litecoin. Litecoin is made for global currency. So any, any business that has a global presence, I think that's what David, you know, focuses on in, in targeting those people. Yeah. So, so remember how we were just talking about the financial aspect and how it was growing? Yeah. Right. So that, there's that financial part I was telling mm -hmm. you about. Technological part has to do more with, to me, the global part of it. Whereas um, I had an MBA team that I was talking to and they got really excited about this part because obviously they'll have foreign athletes uh, play with them. Um, or perhaps they go visit another country. Mm -hmm. um, and this is obviously um, prevalent in the, in the UFC too, because you have fighters from all over the world, right? And they fight, they fight, they have their fights all over the world. So yeah. if you're able to move, what if I told you you can move $99 million anywhere in the world in three seconds and it'll cost you 40, sec, uh, 40 cents? What would you say to that? <laughs> move it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, this is a reality because this is what happens. Uh, last year, they had $99 million moved from one Litecoin wallet in the world to another location in the world and another wallet, and it cost only 40 cents. Wow. You would never get that with Western Union. You will never get that with a wire transfer. Yeah. So companies, when you start talking about companies, not just sporting brands, but companies, just imagine the bottom line changing when you start moving millions of dollars from one location to another. And it's costing you pennies. I don't want it. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, why would yeah. a why would a bank want you to know about that? Yeah, no, that I mean, yeah, it's it's scary to to acknowledge that when you think yeah, about so how that, things are. That's why we think global, right? So when we talk to people like Cyborg, she's a beautiful human being. She's trying to do things in Africa with building wells and doing other stuff. Uh, to be able mm -hmm. to move money over there to help in the in those types of things, you know, that's a global that's a global reach that uh, you know we're able to help in that aspect. So why wouldn't you want to grab onto something like that? To piggyback on that, mm -hmm. we don't need an intermediate anymore. Like you know these uh, charity people, right? You send them a dollar, a penny goes to them, yeah. and they keep ninety nine percent to to make sure their organization runs. Yeah. But for the first time in, in history, we have a chance to directly send donation to the victims. And we can actually see from that address how much has come in there. So wow. people who take money have to announce to the world how many percent they're taking from that wallet. Instead of privately, right? Mm -hmm. They say we're worth 99% because we have a lot of staff and we're gonna give a penny. Instead of privately discussing this and making a decision, they have to publicly announce that I know that we everybody in the world sees there's a million dollars in this wallet, in this address. We're going to take 15, 20% for our, our operating fees. Then that's cool, right? Yeah. Take it is. and act like you're an angel with wings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know no, I mean? uh, yeah. It, it, make, it almost makes you not want to be charitable when you hear all. all all the bad exactly. news like that. Don't but, let uh, me be like Ben Askren and start calling out charity. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, just to, to close it up, obviously, I mean, the, it's a lot to absorb, and you definitely give me a lot, a lot to write about. But uh, um, just uh, to close out, why don't you uh, let folks know uh, where we can learn more 
what, what we should follow, uh, things like that. The Litecoin Foundation, um, the floor is yours. Yeah, so for the Litecoin Foundation itself, uh, if you go to litecoin-foundation.org, um, that's the site for the foundation itself. And then there's another site that can be used. It's um, a litecoin.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are a few others uh, that, uh, that help out with uh, awareness as well. But uh, the foundation one is litecoin-foundation.org. And just to uh, make sure that everybody understands the difference, um, the foundation itself was set up uh, by Charlie and a few other developers strictly um, to um, promote awareness and adoption of the currency. The currency itself is separate from the foundation. The foundation is not the currency itself. So the currency itself is decentralized. Nobody owns it. Okay, It's literally run by all the computers around the world that are validating all the uh, transactions that happen. No government can control it. No person can control it. It can't be shut down. The foundation itself is more structured like a regular organization, um, but we're there to help uh, promote awareness and adoption of the coin itself. When you guys are on Twitter or Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, so mine is at daddycool1991. And uh, John, I'm at, at John Kim 77. And before I go, I want to say something to Matt, your, your boy, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, this is me, John Kim. I'm glad you didn't come on to this podcast because I heard you have face for radio. Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's going to like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, definitely gave me a lot, a lot of notes to write about. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely tag you guys uh, uh, when I put this up on Sure Dog. The, the audio portion usually goes up first, and then you know I transcribe yeah. it and stuff like that. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate the time. You're welcome. Yeah, no problem, man. We appreciate it. Anytime you want us on, you just go ahead and give us a call, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks. Funky. <laughs> That's All cool. right. See you, guys. Hey y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.